835, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, an abbreviated program today. We knock off around 11 o'clock. Sometime before that, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Roger Waters at the BMO Harris Bradley Center in just a couple weeks, so keep listening for that. We start off today's show like we start off every show. Three big things. Story number one, and here is the question. Would anybody, and this is not a, I want to be clear here, I'm not talking about policy right now, but would anybody in their right mind choose to work for Donald Trump? And, and, and the reason I, I, again, I'm not talking about policy, but I, I, one of the things that always bothered, I was never a fan of The Apprentice or The Celebrity Apprentice because I, I found then Donald Trump, CEO, I, I found him to be boorish. I was thinking who in their right mind would want to work for somebody like this? That those feelings were reinforced during the campaign. Again, I'm not talking about the job he's doing as president or you know policy matters or things like that. But th- this idea that you need to be incredibly, incredibly loyal, but that loyalty is often not returned. And once you've outlived your usefulness, you you get thrown to the wolves. Or Lord forbid, you should do anything that draws his wrath. Well, then you know you're you're on on the outs. One of the things I think that led to all the problems with James Comey is I I believe that Donald Trump wanted his FBI director to essentially act as if he were, I don't know, a guy that was running one of the operate one of the Trump golf courses, as opposed to being the director of the FBI, who has responsibilities to the president, but also has responsibilities to this thing called the Constitution of the United States. I think that irritated Trump to to no end, and that's what led to the, the rift that ultimately developed between the two of them. One of the earliest and most vigorous supporters of the president was Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions. Um, Jeff Sessions was out early on at the time when, quite frankly, a lot of people thought that Donald Trump was still just this media novelty, that there was no way he was going to get the Republican nominations. Uh, Trump and, and Sessions bonded, and Sessions was an early and fervent supporter of him. Jeff Sessions was nominated to be the Attorney General of the United States. And he took over, and he's candidly um, shepherded a lot of, he's carried a lot of water for President Trump over the last several months. There's been lots of litigation. You know, you've been up and down to the Supreme Court on the whole travel ban issue. There's other lawsuits that have been pending. And the Attorney General has been very, very aggressive in following the Trump doctrine. They're taking on sanctuary cities. They're doing a lot of stuff. I think Jeff Sessions has done a really, really good job. All right. So I'm as shocked as anybody when Donald Trump, who has been on a tirade, about the coverage, the fake news taken on the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, um, and and quite candidly, I mean, as I, I believe, and I've said this before, I think some of his criticisms are misplaced, but some of his criticisms are fair. So for reasons that, in my opinion, pass understanding, um, Trump sits down for a lengthy interview with arguably his biggest enemy, that would be the New York Times, to the extent that you want to consider the media as an enemy. But, you know, you pick up the New York Times on a daily basis, and as part of show prep, I, I cannot tell you how many stories I read in the New York Times on a daily basis. And I will tell you, I'm going to say 100%, but, but maybe that's overstating, 95% of the articles and the opinion pieces are are hostile to Donald Trump and his policies. I, I feel comfortable saying 95%. 
when we're including columnists and news stories that have that slant that news stories get. So Trump decides to sit down with the New York Times, okay? And he gives what they describe as a wide-ranging interview. He goes off on many different things, but um, in particular, and this is the headline story, he goes after one of his most loyal supporters, that would be the Attorney General of the United States, Jeff Sessions. He complains to the New York Times that Sessions's decision to recuse himself, the Attorney General, to recuse himself in the investigation of Russia meddling with the uh, with the U.S. elections, that 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 he said he's upset with that. Sessions recused himself, so that led to the appointment of a special counsel. He said that that should never ha- have happened. Sessions should never have recused himself, and if he was going to recuse himself, he should have told me before he took the job, and I would have picked somebody else. So that, of course, now is the money quotation, a, a rift, the attorney general being dumped on by the president of the United States. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If President Trump is willing to throw Attorney General Jeff Sessions under the bus, as it were, there is nobody, nobody, with the exception of perhaps intimate family members, that he will not similarly throw under the bus if he feels it appropriate. And I guess here's what I would like to discuss with you. And this is one of the problems that the Trump administration is having. They're having trouble finding people who will work for them. That's just the reality. Um, If you look at appointments that they get to make, like U.S. attorneys, they are not drawing um, the creme de la creme of conservative lawyers, for example, because there's just a lot of people who don't want to work for the Trump administration for precisely this reason. True story. The other evening, I was talking to somebody who was potentially in line for an ambassadorship. And I'm not going to name the person because they didn't pursue it. But they thought about it. And they said, you know, it's just that President Trump, again, we're not talking policy. We're talking personality. It is such a loose cannon. And there's so much flack that's out there. That they just said, you know, life is short. We, we, you know, we'd, we'd love to pursue this ambassadorship, but it's just don't necessarily want to be part of the Trump administration. Would you work for this president? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If I were Jeff Sessions and I saw this story in the New York Times, I would walk into... I would schedule a meeting. I would walk into the president this morning, and I would say, Mr. President, if I have lost your trust, if you would not have appointed me, here is my letter of resignation. Please accept it. Let us move on. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Does it strike you that Donald Trump might be the worst boss ever? We discuss next. It's 842. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. And then one day 845, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Roger Waters brings his Us and Them tour to the BMO Harris Bradley Center on Saturday, July 29th. And we're giving you a chance to win a pair of tickets. Keep listening to my show today and tomorrow, and you could be enjoying the music of Roger Waters featuring songs from Pink Floyd right here with 620 WTMJ. All right, uh, Jeff Sessions, former senator from Alabama, current attorney general, I think has been one of the earliest and arguably most loyal supporters of Donald Trump. Donald Trump decides to sit down with the New York Times yesterday and give an interview where he pees all over Jeff Sessions. There's, there's no way 
to, to describe it. He he just says he, he blasts him. He says I'm I'm angry with him. He took the job and then he recused himself in the Russia situation. I and then that's led to the special prosecutor, which suggests I think that raises some questions too because it suggests that Donald Trump thought that he could through the attorney general manage the the investigation and that that raises issues. But anyhow, he, he goes public with his disdain for Jeff Sessions. Is this guy the worst boss ever? Charlotte, Northern Illinois. Good morning. Hi. Hi. I don't know if I can answer that, but I would defend President Trump. Uh, The Attorney General is a key figure to protect the President. And look at Jack Kennedy appointed his brother. And they changed Uh, the law after that, yeah, so you can't do that, yeah. uh, Barack Obama appointed Loretta Lynch and Eric Holder. They never recused themselves. Do you think they would ever... uh, get a special prosecutor to look at Barack Obama, the IRS scandal, the Fast and Furious scandal, the IRS masking, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Charles, I guess I, I see two issues. I mean, one is the whether or not Sessions had to recuse himself. But, but the second issue, and I guess what I want to get to, why does Donald Trump feel compelled to go and do an interview with the New York Times and publicly blast one of his most loyal supporters. I mean, if he's upset with Sessions, he can go ask for his resignation, or you can address this privately. What? Why would you – can you imagine a boss doing that publicly to an employee in, in that position? That's, I guess, what my bigger concern is. Hmm. Uh, you got yeah. me. Okay. Okay. Fair. No, fair enough. And see, and that, that, again, I, that's why I'm trying to separate this from policy. I, I understand – I understand his frustration. All right, I, I get, I get that. I, I, he's he's angry that that Sessions, that, that Sessions recused himself. He thinks that's led to the special prosecutor. Lord knows where the special prosecutor type of stuff is going to go. So I, I appreciate all that. All right, but that's, and so, but but why do you sit down with with your again to the extent you want to view members of the media as the enemy? The New York Times is is the enemy. And you sit down and you essentially raise your leg and you pee all over publicly one of your most loyal supporters, a guy who has taken, figuratively speaking, lots of bullets for the Trump administration over the course of the first six months by aggressively defending Trump policies, some of which I think were pretty tough to to defend because they were they were you know, the, the first travel ban which was, I think, thrown together without people, you know, thinking through the ramifications. Again, the policy might be okay, but they didn't think through the details. Okay, Jeff Sessions has taken a lot of heat for defending that type of stuff. And if the attorney, if if the president wants to express discontent with a decision by the attorney general, something the attorney general did or didn't make, I I mean, the, the attorney general serves at the pleasure of the president and that's and that's that's the way it works and I, I think donald trump has every right to replace him donald trump has every right to express disappointment i guess in decisions that that they make but my big thing is what kind of boss goes in this case to the new york times that's never going to get you a break and what is he trying to curry favor and and then rip one of your most loyal supporters? That's I guess where where I come down on this. Candidly, if I were Jeff Sessions and I picked up the New York Times this morning and saw this interview, like I say, my my first thing is you I, I can I get an appointment with the president? You walk in, you tender a letter of resignation saying if you're unhappy, if you said that you would never have appointed me in the first place, fine. You know, we, we can go back to square one. I'll I'll go do whatever else I'm, I'm going to do with the rest of my life. But but it's this thing, and it and I the reason I bring this up is again I throughout government there are an inordinate inordinate amount of vacancies 
in federal positions. And many, many of them are because people don't want to work for the Trump administration. And and part of it is, again, some people think it's going to all end badly. I don't necessarily go down that route. But others are because they, they just don't. They don't want to work for Donald Trump. And, and this is exactly one of those reasons. So big story number one, President Trump rips his attorney general. I think you can make an argument. This might be the worst boss ever. Could you imagine? Okay, you're, I don't know, you know, you're, you're a sales guy. And your boss gets mad at you for something. And then you find out that um, your boss is sitting down at lunch with your chief competitor talking about what a lousy salesperson you you are. I mean, you just you just don't do that. You keep this stuff quiet. You keep it in house, and you don't talk to the New York Times about it unless, I guess, you're President Trump. Okay, that's big story number one coming up. Um, very sad story. John McCain, a true American hero, um, brain cancer. The prognosis not good. We'll comment on that in just a minute. It's eight fifty one. This is Jeff Wagner, six twenty WTMJ. It's 8.54, Jeff Wagner, 6.20, WTMJ. Marquette University goes tobacco-free. What exactly does that mean? Could ethnic festivals or even Summerfest be next? John McCure will explore at 3.40 today on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. That bumper music, that is, of course, Pink Floyd. Roger Waters coming to the BMO Harris-Bradley Center on Saturday, July 29th. I have a pair of tickets to give away to the Roger Waters Show. Let's give them to caller number 14 at 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Caller 14 wins a pair of tickets to see Roger Waters at the BMO Harris-Bradley Center Saturday, July 29th. Um, if you have ever seen, if you've ever been to a Pink Floyd concert, you know what to expect. And I'm I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Pink Floyd elements at the uh, Roger Waters show. So check that out. 414-799-1620. That is the number to call to win the tickets. Big story number two. And, and this is, this is an extremely sad story. During the, during the, political campaign there were a lot of things that now president trump did that i I felt were off-putting and again it's it's a style as opposed to substance thing the 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 name calling um for for other republican candidates who were by and large really good men and women and i i just I understand maybe that's kind of the New York rich person bully style, and it appealed to some people, but it just it it bothered me, and I think it it lowered political discourse. It's if it was possible to reduce political discourse even more, it, it did. But one of the the lines that I thought then candidate Trump, now President Trump, really crossed was the the attack he launched on on John McCain. John McCain was not a supporter of President Trump. So I understand, you know, you're you're upset with that. But if you will remember, and I think it happened in in Iowa, you had uh President Trump who started talking about John McCain. John McCain is in my opinion a, a true American hero. Here's a guy who has served his country in various capacities and served it well over the course of of decades. John McCain decorated fighter pilot in Vietnam shot down five and a half years in a Vietnamese prisoner of war camp. I mean, you know, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? And then he's gone on again to just just accomplish great things. He was Republican, of course, nominee for president in 19, in, uh, in 98, uh, ran against Obama the first time. But, you know, he, he's, he's a decorated American war hero. And Donald Trump goes off on him and says, well, 
I don't consider John McCain to be a hero. To me, the heroes are the ones that don't get shot down. Really? I mean, really? You're going to say something like that? Um, I bring this up because John McCain and... Yeah, he ran for re-election last year, and, and you could have made an argument that maybe at the age of 80 it was time for him to step down. But he made a decision to run for re-election, and he was re-elected overwhelmingly. Um, they had to delay any health care vote um, earlier this week because they, they don't have any extra votes to, to give away. The Republicans don't. And John McCain was being treated for um, what they talked about as a, a blood clot of, above his left eye. Well, so they go, they treat the blood clot, and now the, the diagnosis is that he has this very aggressive form of, of brain cancer. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tumor, and it's a, it's a unique type of cancer. It affects like fifteen to 20,000 people each year across the country. But the, the five-year survival rate is essentially non-existent. Um, Marsha from Iguanago wins our, our tickets. The The five-year survival rate is, is pretty much non-existent. Um, the average patient, um, the survival rate is about 16 months for this type of, of cancer. And uh, you know, John McCain is 80 years old. I'm sure he's in decent shape, but he's 80 years old. You know, so that, that tells you, again, it's, it's a, um, and believe me, as somebody who's, you know, um, heard cancer diagnoses, um, things like that. It's uh, it, it's not a good diagnosis. This isn't. I mean, there's some. No cancer diagnosis is good, but there's some that are treatable, and there's others that, uh, again, the odds are are, are not good at all. But um, John McCain, just a true American hero, in every sense of of the word, somebody who has accomplished just incredible things. And then, you know, you get a diagnosis like this. Everybody says he's a fighter, and you certainly, your hopes and prayers go out to him. But, I mean, the legacy of John McCain is going to be, I think, incredible. John McCain, a true patriot in every sense of the word. And um, this is one where if you were ever hoping that uh, John McCain was the type of person to me that you, you wanted to see in politics. I don't care where you come down on the political spectrum. He was a decent man who wanted who loved his country and wanted to make his country better. You could disagree with his policies, that's fine, but the truth is he was a patriot, and um, this is just a hard diagnosis to swallow. But uh, big story number two, John McCain diagnosed with a very, very aggressive form of brain cancer. Um, Everybody's hopes and prayers should be with him. He's a true American hero. It's 859. This is Jeff Wagner. 909. This is Jeff Wagner. So Hondo is producing the show today. I was out and about yesterday. Got a lot of feedback involving yesterday's show. You know what the most talked about topic was from yesterday? You're looking at me blankly. I don't even remember yesterday's show. No, no, no. Well, okay. Remember we had we had we did an interview with Paul Ryan. We 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 talked about the spiraling crime rate in the city of Milwaukee. We talked about national issues. Yes, that's it. It was my dumpster love issue. I cannot tell you. How many people sought me out and were coming up to talk about my dumpster love issue? And and, and the love affair continues. If you weren't listening, I, I've been in, I, I've lived in my home for, you know, going on 30 years. And my late wife, God bless her, um, she was, she wasn't a hoarder, but she was a shopper. And um, she had, with the possible exception of her taste in men, she had great taste in things. So she, she shop and shop, shop and shop and shop. And we, there's just, there's incredible stuff. And I admit for the better part of, you know, the, the last you know two years, I've kind of been paralyzed, and there's just all this stuff in the house. And 
for a variety of reasons, I have decided I'm going to now kind of deal with this. And I'm, I'm not talking about like clothes and things like that. You take the goodwill and things. I, I've really started looking at the house and the, the, the stuff divides into like three sets. There's the, there's the stuff that I use, which is a small, small thing. And then there's the stuff that I don't use, but I know has value. So you're not just going to throw it out. I mean, you want it to find a good home. I don't know how I'm going to actually do that, but you want it to find a good home. And then there's just the, the vast majority. It's just it's stuff. It's stuff that you, I don't need, don't want, too much trouble to try to give away. So what, what I did is earlier this week I called and ordered a dumpster. And it's, I am telling you. It is a life-changing experience. They dropped the dumpster off two days ago. This dumpster is like crack cocaine to me because, you know, two days ago, had a party to go to, and I really I was going to, okay, I'm not going to start putting stuff in the dumpster until, like, like yesterday, but I started, it's 90 degrees. I'm hauling things out because it feels so good. So yesterday I went home, and, again, I spent about an hour and a half. The dumpster is now about two-thirds full, and this afternoon... I've, I've already got the mission. I, I'm going to I'm going to fill the dumpster up, and then I'm going to call him and ask him to take away the dumpster, telling him that probably a couple of weeks. I'm probably by the time I get through going through my house, I'm going to probably fill three or four dumpsters full of stuff. But it's just this incredibly freeing thing, and I'm only halfway through the garage and almost through the washroom, and then there's a downstairs bathroom. It's got all this stuff in it, but it is this incredibly freeing thing. And I've just been hearing from all sorts of people saying, "Yeah, we've you know we've done it, or you know we've been trying to wrestle with how to." do it and to which which my response is if you've you know if you've been in a house for a long period of time you probably like me have accumulated all sorts of stuff and you're wondering you know is it worth the trouble to get the dumpster and deal with it my answer is do it it's just it is this it is this freeing sort of experience my best friend comes over to pick me up because like i said we're going out to dinner last night said my god when did you get that i said well two days ago he said it's almost full i said well no it's only about two-thirds full i said i've got i've got more stuff that's going to go in it another at least two or three hours worth of stuff he said okay you know have have you made a dent in it i said no it's the washroom it's the garage it's and then it's some miscellaneous other things that that i've you know had around the house but i'm telling you if if you have a chance and you want to deal with clutter you just do it. It is a very freeing sort of experience. So, yes, I confess, I'm Jeff. I am in love with an inanimate object. I just absolutely love this dumpster. And the guy that, that rents them, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to help put your kid through college because I am sure that, that I haven't even gotten to the attic. I mean, I'm not at the attic. I, I, the, the basement's not too bad, but I'm, I'm not at the attic or the basement. I'm, I'm just talking about I'm not in the kitchen. Once I get into the kitchen, there's going to be stuff flying out. That's, I'm just in the garage and the washroom, and I'm not even going to finish all the stuff in the garage. So, yes, that was the topic everybody was talking about. You know, is this dumpster, where did you get it from? And how, you know, is it, are you really doing this stuff? You, I'm not making up the story. It's great. All right. Big story number three. And I wanted to make this number three because my blood pressure is going to go through the roof. Um, I, I hate to say this, but the truth is it is not safe on the streets of our communities in southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, and, it, and it's just not. You know, we had a story that we talked about over the last couple days, the, the 75-year-old woman who's carjacked. You know, at 7.30 in the morning, you know, outside of a Piggly Wiggly on East Washington Street in, in West Bend, a, a store that I drive by a lot, um, just 7.30 in the morning. You know, some 
punk, and they haven't caught him yet, but the police have identified who the suspect is, so let's put out the, I mean, he hasn't been charged yet, but it's somebody that, again, had done the same thing, apparently, like a year ago, presumably has a lengthy juvenile record. Milwaukee County Judge Pedro Colon slaps him on the wrist, an embarrassing sentence, and the kid is out. He's on extended supervision, which means nothing, committing other sorts of, of crimes. You've got the police chief who insists on not allowing his officers to chase bad guys. You have a Milwaukee County court system that is the ultimate catch and release. It is a revolving door that puts dangerous people, both adults and juveniles, back out on the street over and over again to plague the community and terrorize decent people. It is at the point, we talked about this two days ago, where if you are driving on the streets of Milwaukee, you take your life into your hands because, you know, who hasn't been out and seen somebody driving 80 miles an hour in the middle of the day, driving in the right lanes, um, presumably a lot of times it's stolen vehicles, running through red lights, because they know that the police aren't going to chase them, and if they get caught, nobody's going to do a damn thing about it in Milwaukee County, and particularly juveniles who know that between the juvenile court system and John Chisholm's DA's office, it is a license to commit crimes. Nothing will happen. And now you have the, the latest situation. This this car theft ring, this carjacking ring that is operating in Wauwatosa. You know, they both... It's it's just stunning. Like This is the way Channel 4, uh, my friend Katie Crowther, reports it. A driver on Milwaukee's north side was struck by a stolen van Wednesday night at North Martin Luther King Drive and Keith Avenue. Police, police are still searching for a group of teens and young adults who have been carjacking cars in Wauwatosa. Um, TMJ4 speaks with the driver who was struck by one of these stolen cars Wednesday evening. So you've got this carjacking ring, which is operating in Wauwatosa, um, you know, 60th to 76th and north. I mean, that's one of the areas where they're targeting up on Center Street as well. Guy says, I'm just going through a green light. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this van coming through the red light. And it kept coming. I swerved to miss it. It was too late. The guy says he didn't suffer any serious injuries. His car, however, is badly damaged. Right after the crash, I saw six kids get out of the van. Young kids, 12 to 17 years old. They didn't care if I was alive or dead. They got out of the van and ran away like rats. The cops chased another stolen car they had hopped into, but they got away. The van they crashed was stolen around 2 in the morning Wednesday at the BP gas station at 76th and Center in Wauwatosa. Investigators say the owner of the van was approached by a young man with a rifle. I learned that they had a gun in the car. Normally I would go after some clowns like that, but I'm glad I didn't. And then the guy who was hit says, armed and on the loose with little regard for human life, the guy wonders what these young suspects will do or who they'll hurt next. A lot of people I talk with who are my age are afraid to drive in the streets in the middle of the day. It makes no sense. It shouldn't be that way. It's getting ridiculous. Something has to be done. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Something has to be done. Exclamation point. The police. Here, here, first of all, people in the community know who these hoodlums are. And the fact that the police don't tells me that you have people in the community who have decided that they would rather side with the thugs, the thieves, and the bad guys than preserving safety. That says a lot. Here's what needs to be done. Intense police patrols. When you catch them, 
They need to be sent. They need to be prosecuted as adults, and they need to be sent to prison. In addition, here's what I think this is leading to. I think it is leading to more personal responsibility on the part of all of us. You know, one of the concerns with concealed carry was it's going to lead to the wild, wild west. And I I said no. But the truth is, here's what's going to happen. As more and more of this crime becomes rampant, I think more and more people are going to start making the decisions, do I need to be in a position to defend myself? Whether it's with a concealed carry, with a firearm, or whether it's pepper spray or something like that, to protect yourself. Because the truth of the matter is, you can't walk out to your car in a piggly-wiggly parking lot at 7.30 in the morning in West Bend without some thug from Milwaukee trying to steal your car. You can't park your car on 65th and North in Wauwatosa in the middle of the day. You can't fill your car up at gas Gasoline, with gasoline, you know, late at night without fear that juveniles 12 to 17 are going to come up with a shotgun and rob you. 414-799-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's have an honest conversation. Do you believe it is unsafe in, let's say, Milwaukee County now? I mean, do you have second thoughts about where you park your cars and where you drive And do you have to be more aware of your surroundings as you are out and about? My answer is, yeah. And that's an unfortunate thing. I agree completely with this guy who was hit by the car. People are afraid to drive in the street in the middle of the day. Is that an accurate description? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My response is not just only yeah, but heck yeah. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. We'll talk about it next. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 920. This is Jeff Wagner. 922, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Let us be honest. This string of carjackings that's going on in Wauwatosa, teenagers who are stealing cars, apparently roaming around the streets armed with a shotgun, driving at high rates of speed, hit and run. Here's what's going to happen. You, you know how this is going to end. They're going to kill somebody. That, that's that's just what's going to happen. They are going to kill somebody. Maybe they're going to kill themselves. They're going to be driving at a high rate of speed. They're going to run one too many red lights. They are going to kill someone. There is a time bomb out on the streets of Milwaukee County, and the cops need to get them off the streets. My guess is once they catch them, we're going to find that they shouldn't have been on the streets in the first place with the records. But this is this is the reality, and I think the truth is I'm not trying to overblow this or sensationalize it, but when a 75-year-old woman can't walk out to her car at the West Bend Piggly Wiggly, for God's sake, without having some thug from Milwaukee who shouldn't have been out of prison in the first place steal their car – you know things have gotten really, really bad. Matt in Milwaukee. Matt, you're on 620 WTMJ. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So, um, you know, I, I'm totally uh, on board with uh, with your thoughts about, you know, it being just too dangerous uh, in Milwaukee. While it's also, but I just went through an experience where I was involved in a hit-and-run accident in Milwaukee. And, um, you know, the, the vehicle that hit me had no plates. Mm-hmm. Uh, the driver was uninsured. He was, you know, um, just just not a well-rounded guy right. uh, by first impressions, right? Right. And you know, he pulled over. We we uh, tried to exchange, but he got sketchy, and and he jumped in his busted-up vehicle and drove off. Now, it it took two calls to nine one one, and forty five minutes later, a police finally arrived. Yep. And and you know, initially, 
I, I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, the, you know, this guy could have a gun in his vehicle. Like, do I, you know, mm-hmm. how is he going to react, you know, in this situation? And, you know, it was really tense. But, you know, it, it was the expectation um, that, you know, <clears throat> making calls to the police, I would be able to get somebody there quick um, to address the issue, and it just didn't happen. So it added to the fear and and, you know, now I'm just that much more frustrated oh, absolutely. when I hear stories like this. Well, no, exactly. No, thank, and, and, of course, and, and I, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a bash on the police because they are overwhelmed with the crime problem. And, and of course, they're, they're overwhelmed. You talk to rank-and-file police officers. They are frustrated that their hands are tied by the idiotic policy of the police chief who doesn't let them chase so that people, the bad guys, just get away. I understand the chief's frustration. He says, well, even if we chase, we catch them. You've got the catch-and-release system. The DA's office, particularly if they're juveniles, doesn't do anything. And then even if the DA's office does something, the court system doesn't do anything. But it really, it's kind of like the movie Escape from New York. That is what the streets of Milwaukee is starting to to become like and I, I mean I, I don't want I know where this is going to lead it's going to lead to more people deciding that they're going to have to protect themselves but it's also it's going to lead to more people dying that's this, this guy the story speeding stolen van bunch of young thugs boys and girls smashes into it it's a miracle this guy's not dead they're going to kill somebody that's just the truth if this is how it ends Innocent people are going to be dead on the roadways because we cannot stop this. Kevin on the north side. Kevin, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Um, I I think you've hit on a lot of good points so far. I've actually worked on the north side for the last five years. Um, Traffic is just getting out of hand. I mean, Fond du Lac Ave, where that accident occurred a couple days ago now, um, you watch cars fly down it at 80 miles an hour. They hit the parking lane. They're flying through red lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually fill up at the gas station on 76 and center quite a bit. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and like you say, the, the officer's hands are tied. It's starting with the policies from the top down where they're being told specifically not to enforce some of right. the smaller stuff, if you will. Right, yeah, I, if driving 85 miles an hour and blowing through a red light and almost hitting four pedestrians is smaller stuff, yeah, that, yeah, they're to yeah. being told not to enforce. And that's, they, <laughs> right. Ed Flynn considers that small stuff. I might disagree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it, 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 I mean, thanks. And here's, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's a small segment of the community that's doing this, but how many of these stories do you have to hear? And, again, I, I keep doubling back. People are going to die. You know, you, you've got this car theft ring, and, and it's it's not just these, you know, handful of, they, they say they think the kids are as young as 12 or 13 years old that are doing this. They're driving around with a shotgun 2 o'clock in the morning. All right, I mean, again, I don't, I recognize the times are different, and I recognize that, you know, you have no family structures in some of these cases. But, okay, think back. When you're 13 years old, would you be driving around with a bunch of hoodlum buddies with a shotgun looking for people to steal their cars of? I mean, you know, really? This is this is out of control, and 
I guess people talk about it being out of control, and you've got the mayor of the city of Milwaukee who gives it lip service, and you've got the police chief who gives it lip service, and you've got you know all these politicians that give it lip service. But the truth of the matter is it's getting much, much worse. It's not getting better. People need to, I think I agree with this, you've got to be aware of your surroundings because the thugs and the punks are everywhere. If you think living you know outside of Milwaukee County or living in the suburbs is going to protect you, no because the criminal element it is spreading like a you know I don't know like a stain like you spread you know you, you, you spill your beer and it just kind of like spreads all over the tablecloth that's what's going on here and unfortunately we're not being aggressive enough about it people are going to die if they don't catch this group if they don't catch other groups people will die the bad guys will sometimes die, but they will take good guys with them, and it could be you, it could be your spouse, it could be your kids. People need to wake the hell up. 929, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 937, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. Um, it's matinee baseball today in Pittsburgh as the Brewers and the Pirates close out their four-game series. Jeff Levering and Lane Grindle will hit our airways with game day coverage beginning at 11 a.m. Sponsored by your Milwaukee Honda dealers. Be sure to check that out. All right. It is the headline that I did not think that I was going to see because it runs counter to the media narrative. Now, let me just say at the outset, I, I, I if, if, if some investigation somewhere turns up evidence that the Trump campaign colluded with the Russian government to try to influence the election, that's a big deal. So that, that's fine. You, you can investigate that. that, that that's, that's fine. No problem with that at all. Um, to me, the idea, though, if the Russian, gov- did the Russian government meddle in the U.S. election, I mean, again, I think it's pretty clear that they did. I suspect that we meddle, quote-unquote, in all sorts of elections across the world in an effort to try to get candidates elected who um, are sympathetic to what we believe the United States positions are. But I think it's I think it's important to try to identify that and figure out how, I'm not sure what you do about it, but how you can at least maybe identify it and stop it in the future. So, I mean, I, I get it. But the point I have been making for the longest time is outside of the Beltway in Washington and outside of the media and outside of a few anti-Trump people wearing tin hats, who tinfoil hats, who just hate Donald Trump, most people don't give a rat's rump about Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. When we were interviewing, when I interviewed uh, Paul Ryan yesterday, there was a story I was asking. There, there was one story I was reading. This is the most do-nothing Congress in 190 years or whatever. And, and you know, Ryan was talking about how, no, we, we've really done all these things. But nobody hears about it because the drumbeat is Russia, 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 Russia. That, that's all That's all the coverage because the, the media thinks it's a sexy story. They want to try to bring down Donald Trump. This is going to be the new Watergate. So that's all they talk about. Um, it's this obsession with this. You know, Ryan is talking about, Paul Ryan was saying, hey, you know, the same day that everybody's focused on James Comey's testimony, we repealed the Dodd-Frank Act. You know, a horrible, horrible law that really made it very, very difficult for Americans to get credit, for example. And, you know, he's tacking, tacking this list of stuff. Hey, you know, we, we've made our VA reforms. You know, 
we've got we've uh, putting more money into the military. We're increasing pay. All these different things that you don't hear about because it's Russia, Russia, Russia. And I mean, I get some of that from like our texts or emails. Don't shoot. And and again, I, I get it from both sides. You should be on MSNBC because you criticize the president. Well, I criticize him when I think he deserves it. And then the other side. Oh, you were once a never Trumper. How how can you not? How can you, oh, this is just absolutely terrible. Don't you understand? Russia, Russia, Russia. And I understand that there is a certain segment that can't get enough of this. Now, there's a story in, in all places, the front page of USA Today. Right and left, fed up with Trump clamor. Um, they start quoting average citizens. And here's some. Here's what, uh, let's see, 38-year-old woman who's an advocate for Ar- the Arab-American and Muslim community in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, says. In reality... Russia is not impacting my life as an American every day. Whatever happened with Russia and whoever was colluding with Russia, that's not impacting my existence in this country. And they quote a woman out of Louisville. I think the biggest problem is all the changes that are occurring that people sort and hear about, and then they don't hear about it again, like the environmental protections that are disappearing. She says she doesn't care about Russia. Um, Here's a 52-year-old guy from Mansfield, Ohio. He says, say at the end of the day, they do find out Russia had some kind of impact on the election. What do you do about it? We just need to get down to the business of bringing jobs back to America. Uh, USA Today quotes a guy out of Indianapolis. I think we are wasting millions, possibly billions of taxpayer dollars searching for Bigfoot. Probably. It's just ridiculous. And the story goes on and on and on to talk about how mainstream Americans are sick of the Russia story. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You know what? I'm sick of the Russia story, too. And I think it's not going to end until there is a rebellion. Until I think this is another one of these situations where it is something that a handful of hardcore, like I say, we hate Donald Trump people, care about. It's a the mainstream media that you know everybody wants to be Woodward and Bernstein and create another this is going to be the next Watergate so we're obsessing on stuff I concede that I think the way the president has handled some of these things has been kind of ham-handed but at the end of the day I don't think mainstream Americans care about this story now if something breaks like i say that indicates that maybe the trump administration or trump campaign people you know actually engaged in a conspiracy with the russian government to influence the election okay i get it but just the idea that gee russia tried to meddle in our elections and they hacked into our system i don't think most people care about that i think most people care about health care and they care about tax reform and they care about national security and they care about you know the jobs in the economy 414-799-1620 that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line are you sick of the obsession with russia is it time to turn the page we discuss next if you're on the line please hold on it's 942 this is jeff wagner 946, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. I confess, it's a story I never thought I'd see. Huge story in USA Today this morning. Voters don't care about Russia. And, and it's, it's, they're, they're inter- interviewing all sorts of Republicans and Democrats who are just saying, look, we, we understand that there's this obsession with this, but, you know, we, we don't care about this. I'm reading a quotation from a woman who's a lifelong Democrat who ended up voting for Trump. She says, it's getting to the point where it's disgusting. It's a big smokescreen. Even if the Russians did try to affect the election, they didn't influence me. Um, she said she'd like to see all the character pieces and columns on Trump, as well as speculation upon Russia. Take a backseat to coverage about what's going on in Washington. 
on health care, tax policy, immigration controls, and other issues. Um, I think a lot of mainstream Americans feel exactly this way, that it's this obsession with Russia, Russia, Russia. And you're losing sight of, of what really are the big issues and what is going on in the world. I, I understand it's the frustration that Paul Ryan had. You know, Congress is actually passing lots of laws and doing all sorts of stuff, but you don't hear about any any of it because everybody wants to be Woodward and Bernstein, and we're, we're going to bring down this administration. Mike in Milwaukee, you're first. Good morning. Mike. Yeah. You're on the air. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're a former U.S. attorney. You're a lawyer. Yep. You've been actively studying government for a long time. Yep. I'm a former lawyer and a former elected official. Okay. Quite frankly, there are a lot of things that go on in, in this country that the general elector doesn't really care all that much about. But they're damned important. And this is an important issue. I, I agree that the, the kind of coverage is getting is kind of blowing it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. But half of that is because Nobody's coming up and being upfront about what's going on. Well, when you say uh, what about I, what's I, going I, I on, right? I, let, let us assume for the sake of argument, and I think it's true. Okay, Ru- Russia, the Russian government was responsible for hacking into the DNC and circulating, you know, th- this negative stuff about Hillary Clinton. O- okay, so th- they did it. We got to figure out how we can necessarily stop it. But I guess my point is, isn't this way out of proportion in comparison to all the other issues that we have? I don't know about way out of proportion. I agree with you it's out of proportion. But I don't think we should blow it off like some of the people that you just quoted are saying. They're sick of it. They're sick of anything that doesn't get solved within a day. That's the electorate that we're dealing with. We have to govern the country. I mean, they have to govern the country. And they don't have to govern the country by doing polling and finding out what is the cause celeb of the day. Well, but but when you look at what is important to people in their everyday lives, health care and jobs and national security and tax policy, Russia isn't Russia and Russia, whether or not they hacked into the DNC computers, isn't that like about 30 or 40 on the list of things that matter to everyday Americans? Not 30 or 40. To everyday Americans, yes. But to people like you who understand government, I would think no. I would think it would be high on the list of priorities. Well, I mean, I guess I... Well, I mean, Mike, I, what went on, why it went on, and how to make sure it doesn't happen well, again. And that's fine, Mike. That's no, important. that's fine. No, I mean, Mike, thanks. I mean, it's fine. I, okay, I, I'm not saying you cancel the investigations. That that's that's fine. I think we all know essentially what what went on, and I'm I'm not saying you don't cancel the investigations. My point is, the the coverage, the attention, the obsession, is so out of proportion to what it means to mainstream Americans and the lives of everyday Americans. And and look, do do I think the press cares about this? No. I mean, I think what the press cares about is this is our opportunity to undermine the Trump administration. And I'm going to be the first to tell you that I think the Trump administration has been ham-handed with this stuff, that the meeting of of Donald Trump Jr. with this lawyer, I mean – it should have been disclosed. It should have been a one-day story. Instead, it's like every day there's a different story about somebody who was else at this meeting where nothing happened. But And so, I mean, I understand that, that there's this follow-up. 
But okay, James Comey testifies about his firing. You get that that's the obsession. Nobody covers the fact, hey, we just repealed Dodd Frank. It's just and I think the average person has this fatigue about this. And I think the average, whether it's and again, with the exception of the people who are obsessed with let's bring down Donald Trump, I think most people are like, okay, let, let's 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 move on. Let's let's concentrate on the important stuff. Yes, let's figure out, you know, w- did Russia hack into our computers? Of course they did. That's it. How can we stop this in the future? I, I'm all in favor of that. And again, if you find some smoking gun sort of evidence indicating that there was there was really a conspiracy between the Donald Trump campaign and the Russian government, well, okay, that that's a story. But right now, there's 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 none of that that's there. There's no basis for this. But there is this obsession with it that blows it completely out of proportion 414-799-1620 let's talk to dave in appleton dave you're on 620 wtmj good morning jeff hi dave donald trump needs to get one of his speech writers and have them do a total presentation and then call all the networks together and have you know the fireside chat whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it and look into the camera and say listen we've got to get health care taken care of. We've got to get tax reform taken care of. Call your senators, call your congressmen. I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. Right. we got to get these problems solved, just like he kind of did with the Senate. This is, Obamacare is crashing and burning. This is what needs to be done. This is how I'm go- we're going to make your life better. The fact that Russia was involved or not involved, I don't care. And just come right out and just grab the bull by the horns and say, this is what needs to get done. Right. Appeal right. to the voters, the well, ones that put them in, the ones that didn't put them in, everybody. I mean, I know there's Democrat, I, Democrats out there that are just pissed that their their representatives are just sitting on their hands and doing absolutely right. They, they want stuff that right, exactly. They they want things to get done. Now, I understand again. There's this. There is this bubble out there. That, I mean, one of our text lines. Really, I'd love to debate your false narrative. I don't know what the false narrative. Maybe the false narrative that, like USA Today's reporting, that mainstream America has moved on from the story. You'll be lucky to find anyone who will admit voting for Trump in the next year and a half. No, I don't think that's the case. Matter of fact, I, I think candidly, as the obsession go- grows with. What, what I think, squirrel, look, there's a distraction out there. I think actually more and more people are going to be frustrated. Again, I'm not downplaying it. I, I, Am I shocked that Russia tried to meddle in our elections? No, my guess is Russia's been trying to meddle in our elections for years, just like I suspect we meddle, quote, unquote, in elections all across the world. You, you want to... It's a it's a story. I get it. You want to try to stop that. You don't want foreign powers being able to influence this stuff, and you want to try to put in protections. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying this is so out of proportion to what mainstream America cares about, and the so it's it's being driven by the reporters and the media. It's being driven again by a handful of people who hate Trump. But 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 but. At some point in time, you just have to say, okay, continue the investigation, but let's, why don't we just focus on what Congress really is doing, and why don't we focus on what really matters to everyday citizens? I am willing to bet that 99 out of 100 people who wake up, who woke up this morning and sat at the breakfast table with their spouse and their kids and were talking about the issues that were affecting them on the, on today, Russia Russia wasn't on their radar screen. It was, 
you know, gee, you know, let's talk a little bit about our paycheck or, you know, what, how are we going to buy this or, you know, what's going on with our health insurance or all those type of things. That's what the mainstream Americans care about. That's what the silent majority cares about. I'm not saying the Russia story has to go away, but for God's sake, um, does it have to be the dominant story day after day after day? Do real people care about it? I think not. 955, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. How much is too much for communities to spend on high school facilities? One town in Texas is looking at a $48 million price tag for a new football stadium. Scafidian Billstad tee up the debate this afternoon after Brewers baseball right here on WTMJ. So as I'm talking about the front page of USA Today, and again, this huge story especially by USA Today standards, about how mainstream Americans have just tuned out on the, on the Russia thing and want to see the media move on. I think this is a case where the public, the silent majority of folks, is way ahead of, way ahead of like the chattering class on a particular issue. But the headline in USA Today, above the fold, screams, Senate Republican Obamacare repeal plan would increase uninsured by 32 million in 2026. Again, demonstrating the, the way these things get presented. Once you get an entitlement program that is in place, how very, very difficult it is to get rid of it. Well, okay, I, I, th- this, this reporting kind of drives me crazy because... This number of uninsured people increasing, what that is largely made up of is people deciding and making the decision to be uninsured. You know, young people deciding, hey, I, I really, I'm healthy, I want to take the risk, I, I'm going to be uninsured. It's not people who couldn't get insurance, it's not necessarily people who couldn't afford insurance, it's people who make that decision that they want to go without insurance so it's not like they're uninsured in many cases it won't and i mean i don't know if that number is valid or not there's people who argue that but it's not people who can't get insurance in many cases it's just people who decide hey um it's it's not worth it to me i want to again exercise my free choice and do that actually i think that number is way overinflated because i think what's going to happen is a lot of people don't if you pass a policy that allows people to pick use um, and just provide for catastrophic insurance, I, I think a lot of people will make the decision to do it. But when you see this 32 million more uninsured, just put an asterisk by it because it's uh, there's more to the story. It's 10 o'clock. This is Jeff Wagner. It's 1010. Jeff Wagner, glad to have you with us. Uh, because we have a shortened show today due to early Brewers baseball, we're going to typically during the 11:30 hour we, we do the segment during the 11:30 segment of the program on Thursdays we do pop culture corner we're going to move that up to uh, 10:30 today so um, and, and actually it's a very timely one I think it's going to be a lot of fun so stick around that's coming up in about 20 minutes or so uh, the, arguably the most successful hotel in downtown Milwaukee is the hotel at the Potawatomi Casino. Um, Three years ago, uh, the Potawatomi opened up um, a 381-room hotel. If you drive by on the freeway, you, you see you can see the the, the hotel. Um, it's um, been incredibly successful to the point that the Potawatomi have now said, "Hey, we, we want to we want to build a second uh, a second tower." 
Um, it's not going to be quite as big as the first one. This is going to have 119 rooms, and, and they need ultimately approval from the city, but that approval appears to be uh, pretty much of a, of a foregone conclusion. It's moving through the process. But this will then give them you know, approximately 500 hotel rooms. Now, one of the interesting things about this story is that they have been very successful. Part of the reason for their success, and, and maybe it's a great hotel operation, but at the same time, the, they are because they offer gambling. Um, the, the rooms, well, it, it, you don't have to make money on the rooms. You can comp the rooms. You can charge whatever you want for the rooms because for the Potawatomi, it's not really about getting people into the rooms. I mean, obviously, you want to have occupancy and things like that, but it's getting people there to gamble. And your revenue is going to come from the blackjack tables and the slot machines and things like that. So the, the rooms are really just something that's there to service the people who are there to, to gamble. You know, So you don't have to worry about that necessarily. Well, here's the and, – and that that's great. That's great. You know, what the study showed is that people who want to, you know, if you want to come and gamble, you know, you want to be able to stay at a hotel so you can, instead of just being a few hours, you want to be able to stay overnight. That That's great. It, it, and it's great that they're doing well. The problem becomes, what happens if you are somebody else who runs a hotel in the immediate area? Um, you don't have the ability to comp your rooms, to get people there to gamble. You don't have the ability to offer gambling, which is an attraction. As a result, you're competing against the Potawatomi Hotel with one hand tied behind your back. All right, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I have to tell you, if I were a hotel operator in the greater Milwaukee area, part of me would be saying... Gosh, you know, we're we're not able to compete with gambling. You know, we're offering the same thing, and it's one thing if they're running a casino. It's another thing if they're offering these hotel rooms that are potentially taking hotel rooms away from other people who would otherwise be staying with us. But now they're staying at the Potawatomi Hotel because they've got this 500-room hotel, and they have the added advantage of being able to offer gambling, which we would love to be able to offer gambling, but we can't because of the agreements. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's one thing to give a tribe, for example, gaming. By allowing them to also operate things like hotels, does that give them an unfair advantage over other similar businesses in the overall community? What do you think? I'll tell you where I come down on this in just a minute. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. By allowing the Potawatomi to essentially offer, again, to go into the hotel business and to keep expanding into the hotel business, are we giving them an unfair advantage over other area hotels? We discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 1014. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1017. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Here's why. I think that this expansion of the Potawatomi Hotel is okay. And it's not... It's not unfair to the other local businesses. Now, maybe market studies would prove me wrong, 
But I think my sense is the way it's used around here is that the hotel down there, it's it's a gambling destination. I don't get the sense that lots of people who are coming into town, say, for we're going to spend a weekend and check out the art museum and see the area. I don't get the sense that that's a lot of the traffic that ends up going to the Potawatomi Casino. I, I think those people still tend to, most of those non-gambler travelers tend to go to a, a lot of the other hotels that are in the area. And certainly a lot of those hotels are doing well. Meanwhile, Potawatomi is the destination. The folks who say, hey, we want to go to gamble. And so we want to stay at the place you know, we know we want to stay where we want to stay so that we can gamble that's where i think a lot of the business is coming from and the argument therefore would be well a lot of these people they, they wouldn't if they couldn't stay at the hotel if there wasn't a hotel they, they wouldn't come in the first place i think and it's just my sense but i think it's a distinctive um it's a distinctive type of clientele and a customer that, that's coming there if the casino were located in a different spot, and this goes back years and years, and I was one of the people who believed that it, it should have been in, in downtown Milwaukee, not stuck in, in the valley, um, it, it might be a different story. But at least my general sense is that the competition is, again, it, it's different. I, and maybe maybe the people at the Fister or maybe people, you know, at some of the other area hotels like the Hyatt would tell you that's not the case. But I just don't get the sense that I don't get the sense that the Potawatomi Hotel and Casino is necessarily competing for the same type of people that the Fister is competing for. Now obviously there there might be some overlap and if I don't know, if I was coming to Milwaukee and I was looking for a place to stay because I because I'm you know, like to gamble from time to time. I would probably look at the casino, but I'd be looking at the other hotels as well. In any event, that this is this is an issue, which of course comes back to the whole fundamental fairness question that you see coming up all along, which is where you have the, these various things that have been given to the various Indian tribes, particularly gambling, which in large measure is a license to print money, does that give them an unfair advantage when it comes to you know the bars and the restaurants and things like that? To the extent that the casino is away from the downtown area, again, I don't necessarily think the Potawatomi Casino and the bars or the restaurants in there are our primary competition for other bars and restaurants in downtown Milwaukee. It's more, I think gambling is more of a destination, and I think you can make an argument that uh, to the extent that obviously gambling siphons some people make their entertainment choices and they decide, hey, we're going to go gamble instead of go to the movies or go to a ball game or whatever. Yes, it is competition, but I just, I guess I don't see the hotel as providing that primary sort of competition. And candidly, um, I, I still think it's overall anything that we have that increases hotel rooms, that makes it more likely for people to have places to stay and want to come to southeastern Wisconsin or come to Milwaukee, I think that in general that is a very good thing. Speaking of good things, um, interesting business story, Quick Trip announcing that they are going to be buying a whole bunch of PDQs in the area, converting them to Quick Trips. I think it's a good thing that's going to push the number of quick trips up above 600 in uh, in the state. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Stick around. It's 1021. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 
623, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's also matinee baseball today in Pittsburgh as the Brewers and the Pirates close out their four-game series. Jeff Levering and Lane Grindle will hit our airwaves with game day coverage, 11 a.m., sponsored by your Milwaukee Honda dealers. All right. Um, I am a huge fan of Quick Trip. I mean, Quick Trip is the – I did not realize this until I started pursuing this story and looking into it. Um, As of last year, Quick Trip – was the country's 15th largest convenience store chain. I mean, think about that. That's 15th largest convenience store chain. And, and the story is that uh, Quick Trip is apparently in final negotiations. They want to buy 34 PDQ food stores in Wisconsin. Once that deal goes through, assuming it goes through, which it probably will, that'll push the total score, store count um, for, for Quick Trip's Above 600. Quick Trip is, of course, you know, based out of Lacrosse. They employ what 19? What were the numbers? 19,000 people. They expect with this purchase, they'll be adding another 1,000 people. Uh, the company is growing incredibly. Six years ago, they had 10,000 employees. So the expectation is, if this deal goes through, that they'll have 20,000 employees. So, I mean, just think of that. That's doubling in the number of employees over the space of about you know six years. They say they're going to spend 30 to 40 million dollars to remodel these various stores and probably you know have them operating as quick trips by the middle of next year. No matter how you cut it. That Quick Trip is one of the great success stories that's out there. And they found a model that really works well. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think Quick Trip has been brilliant in, in the way they have gone about building the stores and growing the stores. Um, it, it's more than just your typical convenience store. You've got the fresh food that they're offering every quick trip i have ever been into is in is incredibly incredibly clean you walk into the places and you look at for example the even if it's just the pastry the donuts and stuff you don't get the idea that these things have been sitting around for day after day i mean i i think the quick trip model is just incredible and i I think that's what you're seeing with the growth okay 414-799-1620 that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line all right, is Quick Trip going to continue to be successful? Is this a model that works? What do they do, in your opinion, that is so special? To me, it's this idea of, again, cleanliness, convenience, fresh food, all those type of things. That's what sets them, at least in my mind, above kind of your typical convenience store. Mike in Burlington. Mike, you're on 620 BTMJ. Good morning. Morning, Jeff. How are you doing today? Good. What do you think? Are you a fan of Quick Trip? I'm a great fan of Quick Trip. There's only one problem. Not a lot of competition down here in Kenosha. There's a PDQ and Quick Trip right across from one another on Highway 50, and once they eliminate that PDQ, won't be any competition left in that corridor. It's just Quick Trip only, and you know what's going to happen to prices at that point. Uh, yes, you're concerned. that Now, I don't know what's happening... I don't know what's happening with that one there. I'm looking in southeastern Wisconsin, stores Oak Creek, Cedarburg, Sussex, Delafield, three in Waukesha. Yeah, I don't know what's going to be going on with the one in Kenosha. But you're concerned about the lack of competition. Yeah, those two have been duking it out ever since the new Quick Trip opened up there about a year or so ago. And they are absolutely the cheapest by maybe (laughs) four or five cents up and down that Highway 50 corridor. Which one do you like more? Uh, 
I have definitely the quick trip. Got it. It's brand okay. new. The, the, <laughs> right. the people are great. It's always clean. Yep. They always got the product that they say they're going to have. They, you know, they really can't be beat. But no, I think we're going to get too big. Right. No. Thanks. Well, I mean, obviously you've got the, that competition issue that's there. But I, to, to me, it's. I mean, they've they've really been able to reinvent the 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 business model. Um, Brian in uh, Brian, you're in Rothschild. You're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. I absolutely love Quick Trip. I'm, I'm on their bandwagon. Uh, I didn't tell you, Bruce, but I, I really think if I had the money, I would definitely franchise one. Really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. What, what uh, makes I, them so special in your mind? Like you said, I mean, you nailed the. You nailed it. Uh, they're clean, right. friendly. They always got good, fresh food. Um, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about no. them. I wish other places would take notice I, I, and absolutely. Right, uh, I, I do. I mean, I, no, thank. Yeah, I see. It, it's there, there's. I, I, I mean, I, I go to different places depending on where I am and where I need gas. But and and there's actually there's not that many. There, I got to go out of my way to go to a quick trip. Um, but but sometimes I I will do that. But you know, I, I compare them to some of the other convenience stores you go to. And I, I walk into some of these convenience stores, you know, get a cup of coffee or something while I'm filling up the tank. And I look at these things like some of the stuff that they're selling. And I swear, you, you wonder, I think, you know, I was here six months ago, and I saw that same thing sitting right there. You never get that impression out of Quick Trip. Um, let's talk to Jess in Kenosha. You're on 620 TMJ. Good morning. Good morning. I absolutely love Quick Trip. I am a person who does not pay at the pump, and I have to go in and pay for my gas. Right. Well, Quick Trip is probably one of the only places that I can find where they actually trust you to pump your gas and then walk in. Right. <laughs> and I totally feel like I'm like a thief someplace else that I have to go in first. Right. Quick Trip is one of the ones that if you park in the right spot, which is you know, like the front um, pump, sure. you can uh, pay afterwards. And then when you go in, you're right. I mean, the food in there actually looks like you might be even <laughs> edible. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, and I mean, who can go wrong? Forty nine cents for a dozen of eggs. I mean, whatever they're doing and wherever they're getting stuff from, right? Keep doing it because you're doing a good job. No, I'm I'm with you. Thanks for the call. One more. Let's try. Uh, let's see, Nancy in Pewaukee. Nancy, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Nancy. I totally love Quick Trip because I'm handicapped and I can pull to the pump, call them up, and say I'm at pump number so and so. They will come and pump my gas for me. They also ask me if I would like anything from inside the store. Wow. <laughs> it's service. I mean, it, it's yeah. service. Um, I just love it. <laughs> no, I, that, I mean, thank you. And see, and that, that's the model that's out there. Deb texts, where else can I get a beer brought at 6.30 in the morning? Hmm. My question would be, why do you want a beer brought at 6.30 in the morning, Deb? But uh, that's fine. Brian from Brookfield writes, Jeff, I don't believe the Quick Trips model is new or unique. It's just that every other retailer has stopped with the basics. Cleanliness, high-quality stuff, good product, convenience, price. There used to be these things that every business aspired to. That's the model for Quick Trip. I'm glad to see them expanding. It's 1035, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. On our Thursday program, the, the last half-hour segment, we devote to a topic I call Pop Culture Corner, where we kind of put aside the heavy lifting and we stop talking about Russia, 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 and carjackings and all those sorts of things, and we have just a little bit of fun. Sometimes we talk about books, sometimes television shows, sometimes sports, sometimes restaurants, sometimes travel destinations. Uh, today... I want to talk about movies, and, and here's what inspired this. Um, over the weekend, George Romero, 
who um, was he's the guy that that sort of invented the zombie apocalypse nowadays and and I admit zombie movies don't do a lot for me but but I mean you've got I mean, you, you've had this renaissance. You've got um, on TV, you know, The Walking Dead is one of the highest rated cable programs there. People just obsess about that. It seems like every week there's a different sort of horror movie that opens up, many of which relate to these zombies. And if you want to look at it, a lot of that, at least the modern zombie era, you know, traces back to the 1960s um, when when uh, George Romero came out with uh, Night of the Living Dead. It was actually 1968. I admit I'm not big on scary movies, but I I saw that it's a black and white movie. They they made it for like no money in a suburb of Pittsburgh, and I got to tell you something, it scared the cheese out of me. To this day, the 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 first ten minutes of that movie um, are are just as creepy as possible, and it's just I mean it's a movie that I, I understand it is a cult classic. It is also, for some reason, I find it to be incredibly uh, troubling, but it's one of the scariest movies that I have ever seen. Now, George Romero tried to, you know, duplicate that. They did other, um, you know, the first was Night of the Living Dead, then there's Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and those things like that. And I'm not sure it, it ever quite recaptured the original fear, terror, whatever that you found with that original zombie movie. But I'm telling you, it, it was something. So George Romero passed away over the weekend at the age of 77. He was a an incredible cult figure in the whole horror movie industry. He's one that I, I think almost single-handedly reinvented or invented a genre that continues to thrive you know, today, um, 50 years after the premiere of, of The Night of the Living Dead. It continues to thrive. And the whole horror movie genre has exploded as well to the point that there's a couple horror movies that are being talked about as potential Oscar contenders this year. So to to recognize the passing of George Romero for Pop Culture Corner today, I want to talk about scary movies. What is the scariest movie that you have ever seen? The movie that continues, maybe you saw it a long time ago, and it continues to creep you out. Um, What is the movie... Again, that that one that you can't get out of your mind that just scared the heck out of you. And if we have people who want to be scared that you would recommend that movie, if you're by yourself on that cold night sitting there or a night like last night where it's raining and the wind is coming through, you want to scare yourself, you want to scare other people. The best scary movie, the scariest movie ever, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Pop Culture Corner. Um, In addition, we are live streaming on Facebook Live, so you can watch this going on. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My advice in these segments, again, is our phone lines tend to jam up, so call quickly. In addition, um, you... Don't overthink it. A lot of times people try to, okay, what's this? I I always say go with your gut reaction. All right, best scary movie ever in recognition of the passing of George Romero, the architect of Night of the Living Dead, 414-799-1620. We're back to take as many calls as we possibly can before the Brewers game. It's 1039. This is Jeff Wagner. Ten forty three, Jeff Wagner, six twenty WTMJ. It's an early edition of Pop Culture Corner to honor the passing of George Romero. Best scary movie ever. We're also live streaming on Facebook. I can't get it up on my computer, but Hondo says other people, you can see it. So, okay, that just means I can't read comments because I can't see it, but I will trust you. We're on Facebook Live as well, 414-799-1620. Let's start with 
Patrick in Allenton. Patrick, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Morning. Okay, what do you think? Uh, I think misery. Oh, that's a creepy one. <laughs> that, I think a, a disturbed individual could be scarier than any zombie. Uh, yeah, that, that Kathy, and Kathy Bates is great, just absolutely great in that role, no question about it. Now, it's a misery, that, that one gets your attention. Uh, you know, a little bit of Stephen King stuff goes a long way with me, um, but, but misery is a good one. Okay, on our, uh, let's see, our text line. The original Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Lots of suspense, terror, unexpected twists. Yeah, that's the, um, I remember, I mean, Halloween was the movie that started the whole slasher movie genre, and a little bit of slasher movie goes a long way with me, too. But Halloween, Halloween was great. I, rem- I can remember seeing that, I think I was in college at the time, um, maybe law school, but I think college. And I can remember you're sitting there with, like, the stupid kids. You're yelling, don't go into the basement. And, of course, they always go into the basement. 414-799-1620. Jo- uh, John in Oconomowoc. John, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Yeah, I say Jaws because the first time you go water skiing after you see Jaws and you fall, you're in the water all by yourself, and it just scares the hell out of you. <laughs> I, the thing I remember about Jaws, now, you know, th- that was that was the first big kind of like summer blockbuster movie. Um, thanks for the call, John. Um, you know, uh, it used to be summer was the time where they dumped all the cheap movies because they figured nobody was going to go see movies. Jaws came out. It was this huge blockbuster. So now you have all the big summer releases. It really started that. And I, I know everybody has seen Jaws, and, and a lot of people, if you're of a certain age, you didn't see it in the theaters. You saw it you know, on TV and all. I will tell you, I, I distinctly remember this. I saw it with a date, and the scene where the, the shark first jumps out of the water, she grabbed my arm. I swear, I still have marks in my arm, you know, X number of years later after that. I mean, it was a great date movie because, if again, you know, I'm, I'm telling you if, you, if you wanted to get hugs or cuddle or whatever, that was it. Once that shark came out of the uh, out of the water. Uh, Jackie in Milwaukee. Jackie, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Jackie. Silence of the Lambs with Anthony Hopkins. And if you ever would see him in person, which I did once, I ran the other way. Because <laughs> you you just saw Hannibal Lecter there, huh? Yeah, it's um, you know, I, I was watching a make recently. I was watching a making of documentary. You know, they almost didn't want to give him that part. They they just they the a lot of the producers were saying, well, we just don't see this. You know, um. You know, British actor, you know, we who hasn't done horror stuff. We just don't see him as Hannibal Lecter, but that's an, he's an incredible movie character, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Now, now thanks. For, and and, and oh, right, and it's a scary thing, actually. And the thing about that that movie, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter, which is of course what makes it. And I mean, it's the whole creepy story as well. But but he's only in Anthony Hopkins is only in a handful of scenes and yet just completely and totally steals it and then you've got all the scary stuff oh yeah it's it's a creepy one 4147991620 um we're talking about the scariest movies as part of pop culture corner we're also I'm told live streaming this on Facebook Joel and Kimberly Joel you're on 620 WTMJ good morning yes hi Jeff um glad to speak to you been thanks for calling you since you're when you first started so oh you go back a ways you. well yeah. thank you thank you for listening I appreciate it and I'm older than you are, believe it or not. Well, <laughs> I believe it. There, sure be- there are people older I, than me there, Joel. I <laughs> believe is that uh, there are people that are not older than me. Or, uh, never mind. Never mind. Got it. But uh, George Romero and uh, The Night of the Living Dead, yeah. uh, you used the word disturbing. Yep. Yeah. Scary, disturbing, it still does that to me. And then The Exorcist. 
Don't oh. do about the same. Oh yeah, you know I mean thanks for I mean I remember The Exorcist came out when I was in college, and I mean it it, it just created this this national freakout. Um, and and again, I'm not sure you. I'm trying to think of the last one that was like that. The Blair Witch Project kind of did as well, but that that was I didn't think that was a very good movie. But The Exorcist, I mean it it just it just freaked people out as well. And then you had all the the rise in exorcisms and things like that. But again, Night of the Living Dead, it's just. I mean, I know lots and lots of people have seen it, but as scary movies go, it's it's sort of uh, tough to top that. Okay, let's go to our text line. Pet Cemetery. Hmm. It. Yeah, you want to talk about creepy clowns? Um, you know, you you go the it route. Um, no question about that. Uh, let's see. Doug writes: The Legend of Hell House had nightmares right after seeing it. Stopped watching horror movies because of it. Yeah, that's. Um, that's a there's a book it's based on it's called the haunting of hill house and i i read that book and that book creeped me out um i i read that book when i was a kid i mean i read it was a teenager and to this day that kind of creeps me out jim in milwaukee jim you're on 620 wtmj good morning jim hi jim you're on the air oh yeah yeah aliens Oh, a- a- alien or aliens? The first aliens, one. Aliens, the first one. Oh yeah. <laughs> when when that thing comes out of the guy's gut, <laughs> that's yeah. Like, you know, uh, those eggs when they first discovered, they weren't sure what they were. Oh yeah. Yep. Now. Yep. Yeah, that, that was pretty scary to me. Oh no, that, that that whole movie. I mean, it was just, and and of course that started this whole genre sort of too. But I um. Yeah, that that was another movie. Sigourney Weaver was just tremendous in it. That was another movie that was just flat out, flat out troubling. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean the other ones were okay, but it was the surprise factor in the original Alien that I think really you know got a lot of people's attention because you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know where it was going to go, except you figured pretty much everybody was going to die. Uh, let's see on our text line: Last House on the Left. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby, definitely, again, a troubling sort of movie. Extremely, extremely, um, an extremely creepy movie Um, on our text line. Again, The Omen, yeah, with uh, Gregory Peck. And the original, I'm not talking about the remake, but the original Omen movie, uh, again, um, very, very troubling. Let's talk to, um, let's see, Kathy in West Milwaukee. Kathy, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Um, Hi, I go way back, and I'm going to go with the old Vincent Price movies, um, <laughs> The Pit and the Pendulum, and uh-huh. all of The House of Usher. Yeah, all the Edgar, when he did all the Edgar Allan Poe movies. Yeah, this, yes. the, the movies based on those books. Uh, yeah, and the, you know the other one I would add to that, as long as we're talking, did you ever see The Mask of the Red Death? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's um, <clears throat> yeah, The Pit and the Pendulum was clearly a good one. Thanks to call. I, the, I, I was a big... I read all the Edgar Allan Poe stuff, and of there, there were a lot that were really a lot of his short stories were were troubling. What is it? The cast of Amadeo, um, but but the Mask of the Red Death, that was the one that that creeped me out the most. Uh, and then, for reason knowing that I was creeped out by the story, I went and watched the movie. Um, and so, Jeff, if you're creeped out by the story, why do you watch the movie that you know is going to give you nightmares? Um, anyways, I, I did that. Okay, Alex texts us, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's another, again, that's one, I saw the original, and 
I, the, the, sometimes the slasher genre just goes too far with me. Like the the blood. I, I liked Halloween because I didn't know what was coming. Some of the other ones, uh, again, go a little bit too far. Okay, let me take a quick break. We'll have time for a couple more calls in just a minute before Brewers baseball. It's ten fifty one. This is Jeff Wagner. <laughs> 1054, Brewers Baseball coming up in just a couple minutes. Okay, checking out our Facebook Live page, The Exorcist, Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, I remember that. uh, I saw that with friends of mine, like in a church basement (laughs) on a Friday night. I I remember that scared the heck out of me. Let's see, Paranormal Activity, uh, The Shining, Uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, Here's Johnny, very creepy. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to John in Manitowoc. John, good morning. Hey, Jeff. Hi, John. Thank you. Um, You know, I've seen all the old movies. I'm 50 years old, but there's a movie that my kids... I took to the theater, my 17 and 18, The Conjuring, and for some reason, now when it's on TV, I just sit in front of it and watch it. The Conjuring. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's based off a true story. Um, there's one and two, and it is <laughs> freaky. freaky. And it makes my hair. It, well, that's it my neck rise. Well, <laughs> that's it. You know, they, they, I'll tell you, another one that, that did it for me, and, and I, again, I'm not... I just, it's kind of like roller coasters. I didn't get that gene. I really didn't get the scary movie gene, but I love movies. Uh, the Ring, which was incredibly successful. That that original movie, that one that one creeped me out quite a bit a- as well. Um, scream, uh, let's say Scream 1, the others not so much. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to Steve in Wauwatosa. Steve, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the horror gene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but I was telling uh, Stone Hondo uh, one of them that stuck with me was called the town that dreaded sundown. All you ever saw was the person's boots, and so it it left everything open ended. There was no conclusion to it. And right. the recent one uh, just last year was called the visit. Yes, which, uh, I didn't see know, it. I've heard about it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it's one of those good ones. And then the, the one that just came to mind was uh, dumpster love. Don't look in the dumpster. <laughs> uh, well, that, yeah. Enjoy the, enjoy the show. <laughs> that, that, I'll just keep listening. Yeah, thanks for Um Yeah, a- another one. I, I a little a few vampire movies go a long way with me, but um, Thirty Days of Night. That one's another one that just it's you know it's about I don't know these, these vampires that take over this town in Alaska where they're you know in the middle of winter where there's like no sun at all. It's just that's another one that kind of creeps me out as well. Clint in Bayview. Clint, you're on six twenty BTMJ. Good morning. Morning, Jeff. Uh, great show. I do have a scary movie scene. Um, the one that I saw recently was called Hush. Hush? It's on, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's about this writer uh, who's deaf, and she's in her cabin in the woods being stalked by this guy who's trying to get into oh, her house to kill her. I've, and thanks for calling. I've read about that one as well. I have not seen it. Um, oh. We're, we've been live streaming this on Facebook Live. The conversation continues there. Lots of good stuff up on that. Um, I am just about out of time. I am out of time. We've got early Brewers baseball. Hopefully the Brewers can turn it around. I am back 8.30 tomorrow morning when we do it all again. Have a great Thursday. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Thanks, everybody, for participating. Fun show today.